0: Some information within the Focus Friday sessions, including guest names, occupations, and locations have been changed for privacy. Each guest has read and agreed to a written general advice warning prior to taking part and, when necessary, have been provided with a link to contact a financial advisor for personal advice after the episode recording. If financial products are mentioned during the episode, no detailed analysis is provided. And if it is suggested, for example, that shares could be sold to pay down debt, it's an option for the guest to consider under the guidance of a qualified financial advisor. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or financial situation needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement (PDS) and target market determination (TMD) and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited and I, Glenn James, are authorised representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services licence 451289. Well, 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 you freaks, it is Freaky Friday, Freaky Focus Friday, in fact, where we talk with you, the My Millennial Money listeners, we focus on your situation, we focus on what you want to do, and we have a bit of a look under the hood at everyone's personal situation. So if you're a bit pervy and want to see what everyone else is doing with their money, you are in the right place. So, one of the prerequisites of having a Focus Friday session is to make a donation to a charity of your choice. People send me the proof that they've made a donation, and then we uh, we have a chat. Now, Sandra, welcome to the podcast. What charity did you choose, and any particular reason?
1: I chose Share the Dignity. It was really hard to pick, you know, one charity that I'm going to support in this scenario. So I'd actually had a look at the My Millennial Money site and had gone through all the different ones that were there. And I just found Share the Dignity really resonates with me because as a female, you do not choose to have your period. And for women who are doing it tough or going through domestic violence situations, I like that it's supporting women get the products that they need that they might not otherwise.
0: Yeah, awesome. And uh, yeah, we do support Share the Dignity here at the podcast. My name's Glenn James on My Millennial Money today, a Focus Friday. Sandra, are you ready to get down? I'm ready. All right, well, as they say in the classics, let's get it on. Rightio. So, just give us a snapshot. You're in Melbourne. Your name's Sandra. What's your age? And I think we'll just keep your occupation as a consultant, would you like? Or keep you a bit private? Yep. Cool. So, you're a consultant in Melbourne. How old are you? I'm 32. Cool. And what type of income do you have?
1: So, my income is just under 140 per year, inclusive of super.
0: Yeah, cool. And when I put the post up in the Facebook group to, you know, offer these type of focus sessions, usually I interview people about their money situation on My Millennial Story, but we've kind of flipped it with the Focus Fridays where I'll kind of help you get some focus in your life. So what was uh, of particular interest for you?
1: So for me, I've just had in the last few years, a lot of change. Right. So... I prior to my current role had been working in HR for some time. Right. So there was quite a shift in changing kind of direction of career path. So I had been working in HR. I knew that I wanted to kind of do something else. What are my next steps? And in terms of the kind of career direction I could have gone, I was really interested in the system side of things and a particular HRIS cloud based SaaS software as a service I really liked using. And ended up actually pivoting into working purely on that. So now I work in consulting, implementing that. So That was a shift first in what I was doing day to day, also quite a shift in income. I had not long before that purchased my first apartment. So it was a lot of things happening. I had pretty much cleared out my money when I got my apartment, but started building all of that back up. Um, I started dabbling a little bit first in micro-investing, then some share purchasing through work, then ETFs, um, and then I was in a relationship for almost three years and it was actually after I had, um, you know, put myself forward to take on one of these sessions, had got dumped out of the blue, so I had that level of change in my Gosh. life. So just still a lot going on. So I feel like I've been doing some good things but, you know, I wonder am I doing the most that I can be, you know, am I just a bit scatterbrained at the moment where it's everything everywhere? <sighs>
0: Yeah. I mean, you've had some huge changes. Got the new house. You were renting before you bought your current apartment?
1: Yes. And it was actually in between the two lockdowns that I purchased this place.
0: In Melbourne, lockdown central of the world. Uh, Yeah. So, new property, new career. So, you said there was a change in income. Did that increase or decrease?
1: Increased.
0: Awesome. And sidebar everyone, just read between the lines there. Sandra was doing HR. She knew the industry. She knew the technology in the industry and transitioned to probably, quote unquote, a different industry that focused on the industry that she was trained in. So that's just an awesome career testimony. uh, And it speaks to transferable skills and all that and got a pay rise um, in the process. So
1: I think a big thing for me about all of that was don't say no to yourself. Mm. Like I know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard the stats that you know, men will look at, um, you know, dot points on a job ad and be like, oh, yeah, I could do that, whereas women might meet four out of five things and won't put themselves forward. Mm. So I thought I'm not going to say no to myself. There were things that I thought I could bring some interesting things to this role, put my hat in the ring and see what happens. Worst case scenario, I was still employed. It's not like I'm going to be out of a job, so just go for
0: it. Do you think that's like a reminder for those to, you know, because we know stuff and our instinct is to not do it in your case because, you know. As, the, as you said, the stats say guys are just like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. And, you know, women are like, oh, I don't have all the things. Like, were you like, I'm consciously going against my gut instinct? Yeah. And that's awkward, right?
1: Yeah. And it's the whole thing that you don't know what's happening on the other side of things. So they've got in a job at things that they're looking for. You bring a unique skill set you don't know. It might be exactly what they're looking for. They might have someone else that ticks all the boxes, but you don't know unless you put yourself out there. And I just took it as, it was such a shift in what I was doing. But at the end of it, if I moved into the work and I hated it, really, it would have only been a learning experience anyway. The type of skills you'd pick up in a role like that, it's not like it ever would have been a waste of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Living situation, job situation, things are looking good. And then, you know, being dumped out of the blue. Uh, on a human level, how has that been? Because that's traumatic and, you know, I was talking to a psychologist once and it can trigger the same feelings of, like, grief and mourning if someone dies. Like, it's, it's wild, right?
1: Yeah. It was really, really rough given it was so out of the blue and at the same time working in consulting, it's all project work, had a big project that was about to start, kind of the biggest role I'd had yet, and then for that to happen out of nowhere... And for me it was really I need to find a way to move through it and I didn't want to like personal life kind of in the dunster fire right now, work was going quite well. I want to work towards a promotion. I want to work towards, you know, bigger roles. So I don't want to let this implode everything else, but I don't know how to deal with this and process this right now. Mm. So I feel like it was, you know, within three or four days I booked in to see my GP because I thought I need some help in how to manage this moving forward. And yeah, I guess, you know, some days are awful, other days are better. It is what it is. Do what you can and keep trying to move forward.
0: Did the GP refer you to a psychologist to talk through stuff?
1: So I'd actually post-COVID see my GP. I feel like, I don't know, when I reflect, couldn't it could have even been burnout or something, mm. but post-COVID, where things were going well, I just wasn't really happy. So mm. I'd seen my GP. I ended up actually seeing a psychologist. And I don't know if it was that talk therapy at the time wasn't great for me or if I didn't gel with them, but I just didn't feel like it really did much for me. I'd sort of let it lapse and that was it. And I didn't really do anything. But then once this all happened, then it was, okay, now it's really bad. And at that point, I'd actually just said to my GP
0: can I be put on medication so that I can feel like I can function? Mm. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and good on you and like to everyone who might be going through different situations, you know, GP is always the best first port of call Um, because it's not easy out there. It's it's a rough time. So would you say it's what, five, six weeks post-relationship breakdown? Like four weeks. Four weeks, yeah. So and I mean like these are... Anytime you have big life events, we need to renormalize. So I I don't think there is rushing into doing any crazy strategies. It's like, let's get you healthy and not healthy, but you know what I mean? Just back yeah. to a, you know, yeah, because it's traumatic. The right? new normal. The new normal, yeah. So you jumped on the idea to have a call. I mean, spending half hour, 45 minutes with some stranger with a microphone, aka moi, like what would you say... A good outcome after this focus session would be? And you might not know the answer.
1: I feel like what are some housekeeping things? Like, sure. what should I be getting in order? Because it's, you know, doing lots of little things. Is it, you know, focus on day to day where your money is going? Is yeah. it focusing on future planning? Yeah. Do more yep. of this, do less of that, just to. Yep bit of direction.
0: Yeah, cool. So, you've listened to the podcast for long enough to know about the Sound Financial House. Everyone's listening. Um, So, let's just run through that. Talk to me about, do you have any consumer debt?
1: So, I do have a credit card, which I got for the first time in my life last year before an overseas trip. So, I did it so that I'd have it there in case I needed it for the trip. One of the deals where you get all these bonus points and for the travel insurance.
0: Yep. And- has that got a balance or not? Do you pay interest on that at all?
1: I've never paid interest on it, yeah. so I okay. use it pretty regularly. I've used um, like I look out for when there's deals on the card.
0: Yeah, so is Amex? Is bought, it? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was RMs that I got um, as a gift for the now X, where it was I had a deal through Amex that I got a cashback. I also have through work, like a kind of like a shop back type thing through my employer, yeah. where I then got seven percent cashback on that as well. And they made a mistake and I actually got the cash back twice. (laughs) (laughs) I look for all of those things. But, yeah, I use my credit card a lot for the day-to-day. And then for any big purchases, like I've just booked another trip. So I've got my flights on that for my points. But when that's due next month, that'll be paid off in full. And that comes straight out of my offset account.
0: Cool. Where is the trip?
1: Uh, Doing a Euro trip. So a friend recently moved overseas. So I wanted to go and catch up with her. And the excuse was we'll go to Oktoberfest but before that we're doing a bit of travel around Europe over three weeks in total and we end at Oktoberfest.
0: So you'd be leaving in September, end of September, yeah. Beginning Um, of September because, fun fact,
1: Oktoberfest is in September.
0: I was going to actually ask that. I'm like, (laughs) is it a dumb question to say, is it around October? Um, Okay, so Euro three to four weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks. How much money have you flagged for that trip?
1: So, I have a brilliant friend who has done all of the planning. Awesome. So, flights were brutal, three and a half grand, mm. but um, a lot of our kind of day-to-day things, we're doing accommodation. We've got a spreadsheet looking at a total of around 10K.
0: Each?
1: or Yeah, each.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the flights are clearly being prepaid for and they're locked yep. in? Yeah,
1: and then there's some things already that are being booked. So probably over the next couple of months, there'll be some things that I'm already putting money down for.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, Okay, so no consumer debt, um, the trip, the um, emergency fund. Talk to me about do you have an emergency fund in your life?
1: Yeah, so I have two offset accounts. Yep. One that, I mean, I probably need to at some point revisit. I decided at the time that 10K was the target for the emergency fund. So I have one offset account that always has 10000 in it, doesn't get touched, doesn't change, and then the second offset account that fluctuates. So that's if, you know, as I'm putting money aside, that'll go in there. That's what the credit card comes out of. I recently changed my pay to go into my offset. It was always going to a different transaction account with another bank. That now goes into that extra pool as well.
0: So your um, money system, am I right to say that the offset account is a bit of a cash hub where all money comes into. You use credit card for day-to-day. You might use your other Visa debit card or the card linked to the offset. Like,
1: Well, Laura, I don't use any cards at all linked to the offset. Okay. What I have is another everyday account, which is an IG one, which I originally opened again when it was an overseas trip for some of the perks there, which, I mean, yeah. a lot of them are being lost now. So I have a direct debit monthly that goes to that account that can yep. be for any of the kind of everyday spending that isn't on the credit card and just mm. more fun money and day-to-day stuff.
0: Do you get paid monthly, do you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I've been paid monthly now for like four or five years, so I'm yeah. pretty used
0: to it. Yeah, it's, it's funny that people usually, and there's no right or wrong, I don't yeah. care. It's just interesting. People usually run their um, own spending system based on their pay cycle um, where I kind of teach that. You know, I run everything weekly regardless of that, just yeah. for the psycholo- psychology of I'm getting money automated each week. Um, that's all good. So I have
1: one other direct debit. So then yeah. there's another account, which is like the everyday banking that I've had forever, mm. where a lot of direct debits come out of. Yeah. So then there's another direct debit that happens where I transfer money into that account, and that's where my mortgage comes out of that health Why insurance.
0: wouldn't you amalgamate that just with the offset account?
1: Just because with that bank, that's all I have left with that bank and my yeah. parents are with that bank sure, and I've got access to their accounts and do things right. with their accounts as well. So it's right. kind of like I've just for now left it all. Probably yeah, but I mean you
0: could me. keep $100 in there and still have access to... Yeah.
1: It's just the laziness of changing all of the direct mm. Oh,
0: I, I get it. I'm just like <laughs> efficiency-wise, we want yeah, yeah, as yeah. much money on that offset account as possible. Yeah. Um, So no, that's that's fine. All right, Foundation One, cashed up, debt free. The emergency fund target, like, are we thinking that twelve grand or thirteen grand is a realistic target, or are you happy just to go, yeah, ten grand? I'm sweet.
1: I feel like I probably need to look at it. It was at the time, which I mean, it's probably close to two years now that I've had the offset, or maybe a year, uh, no, a little over a year that I've had the offset because I didn't see a point initially of having an offset when Mm -hmm. I didn't have. The funds after the purchase. Yep. Once I'd built it up, I kind of looked at what am I paying at the time for the mortgage, which we all know has changed recently. Mm. Plus, what are the other bills that come through? I have pets. Like if something happened, and I needed to pull money. Thinking of all those kind of scenarios, I feel like more than anything, it was something I plucked out of the air to say, I should be fine if I've got that much. But I've never done anything after the fact to go back and really look at numbers and think what would I need if different situations happen.
0: Do you know how much, so moving into the second foundation, you know, a spending plan and we've kind of touched on that, but like do you know how much it costs you to wake up of a day?
1: Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like the last time I would have looked at that was probably when I was doing the initial application for yeah, a mortgage.
0: Yeah, So I think um, anecdotally just from me hearing you, the cash flow system that you've got while it is working um it looks a little bit ad hoc and sloppy and so i'd probably just encourage you to even you know the glen james spending plan just grab that template at least it will prompt you to um just get all the figures out put it on the table even if you just use that spending plan template to help you work out the emergency fund target and even if you use it just to help you work out how much money you've got left over per month for investing, for future chat? Um, and just a fun fact, everyone, the Glenn James Spending Plan online course is now free. So thank you to everyone who has purchased that in the past, but I've made the business decision that now that my business is up and running and you know we've got other income sources, it's more of just a goodwill thing back to our listeners. So Yeah, use that spreadsheet at least just to get you thinking about different structures. So foundation three is the life and income insurances. Do you have income insurance on your income?
1: No.
0: Okay, that's fine. Um, I would probably encourage you to, and I'm happy to send you a referral um, or introduce you to Sky Wealth, just get some insurance in your life because we need to factor in that cost into our budget. Because that's
1: another one that I've always thought on my list, even with um, estate planning. Yeah. Because it's like I haven't got kids Mm. and I've got nephews, so it's, you know, sorting out if something were to happen to me now that I do have more things and there is more of a setup. And they're things that I think they've been on my list forever and you kind of just continually push them down.
0: Yeah. So I think like even probably just before we even go on looking at questions, I even think between now and the holiday in, um, September. If you said, right, I'm going to get my will and my estate plan sorted because that's a job in itself. You got to make an appointment with the solicitor, go through all the crap. They're going to say, who do you want the executive to be? Who do you want the power of attorney to be? Cause I want you to get a power of attorney document because if you're overseas, something needs to be signed or you have an accident, like you want your family or trusted friends to be able to take care of things. So this is just basic housekeeping crap. Get that insurance sorted. Income insurance, uh, disability insurance, uh, because if the income stopped due to illness, well, we just want to make sure that the income doesn't stop. <laughs> like, so you need two things for a mortgage. Everyone, you need a deposit, and you need an income to service it. Now, once you've got the mortgage, the deposit, who cares? It's done. But if the money doesn't keep coming in each month, guess what happens? They say give us your money back. We're selling your house. So it's just good housekeeping. I would probably caution, there'd probably be a mental health exclusion uh, on that policy due to past history of, um, you know, psychology visits and all that. But, you know, the the team at Sky Good Advisors will be able to work through that with you. Um, talk to me about your superannuation. Who's that with?
1: Oz Super.
0: Yeah, cool. Do you know what it's invested in?
1: I've gone the high growth option, which I feel like it was probably only in the last maybe two years that I would have changed it from just being the default balance.
0: Yeah, cool. I think it's
1: something like 90% high growth.
0: Yeah. And what's the balance of your super account?
1: Just under 80.
0: Yeah, cool. That's all good. Question, tell me about your pets.
1: I now have two cats. Mm, That's it another (laughs) change because you know, I just, why not? You just keep going. So it's Mm. actually only in the last week that I got a second cat.
0: All right. Transitioned. Crazy cat lady activated.
1: Exactly. I'm like, no more men, no more dating. (laughs) It's just cats now. Like I'm embracing it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I want you to do is factor in what you're going to do when you're away for the month into that holiday budget, whether it is I don't know. What have you actually going to do? Are you going to look at maybe getting a, a pet sitter?
1: So I have two kind of maybe plans in place. Um, so one is, which was already planned when I only had one cat, is that he was going to go visit my mum and dad mm. <laughs> without having a choice. You could just look after him. There you go. Now that there's two, I don't know realistically how they'll go with having two, but I happen to, via my brother, there's a friend of his at work. Um, house sits. He, I don't know. In the last few years, had moved back home, and now he just goes around for people and looks after Perfect. pets. And that would be a great scenario because he's just gr- happy to be out of the house, so it'd be no payment for him.
0: And, and you don't have to worry about the cats. Services. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what type of cats are they for everyone that are loving cats?
1: So one is a little rescue grey tabby. Yeah, um, who's an absolute psycho food demon, and he's almost three. And the second one is a fancy cat. She's mm. a Maine Coon, which are like giant cats. So they kind of look like bobcats. They've got these um, big tips on their ears, like a longer muzzle.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh.
1: Yeah. She's That's... twice his size. So if he's Jeez. a regular size cat. He's about four kilos.
0: I just Jeez. Googled it. What a chunky cat.
1: Yeah, she's about eight kilos. <sighs> Far
0: out. Well, I weigh about eight cats. <laughs> Uh, No, actually, I weigh more.
1: I was thinking, I don't know if the math marks there. That's okay. Sorry,
0: I was thinking, I I weigh about 11 cats. Um, (laughs) Yeah, wow. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, let me just have a look at my other notes here. In terms of your uh, other assets, what have you got in the way of motor vehicles, motorbikes, motorboats, motorhomes, all motor stuff? A car. Yep, and what is that?
1: Ford Fiesta,
0: and the year model, twenty
1: sixteen.
0: Cool. Uh, and what's that worth?
1: Around twenty one thousand.
0: And there's no loan on that.
1: No, never was.
0: Yeah, cool. So you're um, are you happy with that car? Like, there's nothing you need to change in the next three no. years. Do you think? Yeah. No,
1: I had thought about um, through the whole COVID situation capitalising because mm. it was low keys selling mm. it, uh, but I missed the boat. Now there's no point.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Uh, talk to us about your apartment. What's that worth?
1: About 400.
0: And what's the mortgage on it?
1: 296.
0: Yeah, cool. So you've got about a 75% LVR. How much did you originally put into it?
1: Um, so, the purchase price was 345, but the place needed a little bit of work. And then when I remortgaged, I had a valuation done.
0: Yeah, cool. So, with your relationship, and I don't want to harp on, but it might be material to the discussion, did your partner move in with you or were you living separately?
1: We were living separately. So, okay. he had his own place, I had my own place, and we would go back and forth.
0: Okay, cool, cool. There was
1: discussions around, you know, next steps, but obviously, didn't eventuate.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's just like at least one stress, right? And. Hmm. Any advice to anyone out there who has a, a longer term partner and thinking about buying a property or I don't know, like have you learned anything in hindsight looking back and seeing weird red flags or anything like that or just totally out of the blue?
1: Well, I think now when I look back, it's not not really making excuses but not thinking that things will change when there's no evidence there. I think like a really telling quote for me now looking back has been when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time.
0: Mm,
1: It was really emotionally unavailable and I just kept thinking like, you know, that's just how he is. Like he shows me in other ways, things will change. And now it's like, well, really, you know, drop of a hat. There was no conversation to say, you know, I don't think this is working. I'm not happy. Just one day, you know, we're making plans for next week. The next day we're
0: no longer together yeah well there we go um other investments or assets you mentioned um, the company that you work for you've got some shares now do they give you them or do you get to buy them at a discount how does that work
1: i get them at a discount
0: yeah and what value of those shares are there
1: a little over seven thousand cool I'm still currently enrolled in the scheme, so that'll just continue to grow. comes out of each pay.
0: And are they um, considered issuer-sponsored? Like, do you have the little eye on the number on the statement? Do you know? Or, like, how do you view them through, like, the registry? Is that the only way that you...
1: Through Morgan Stanley.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. And do you have any other investments?
1: I have Spaceship. Yep. which fluctuates. I've still got. I think it's twenty dollars a week that goes in, plus roundups, and
0: and what's the total value of Spaceship?
1: Around two two. Yep. And that purely is just I'm going to have it keep going until it's not in red because that was is how I started doing your micro investing, getting started. I'm going to keep mm. that going once it's back into positive. Then I'll close it out and just put it in ETFs.
0: Mm. Yep. Cool. Um, and do you have any other investments?
1: I do also have shares with my past employer. Yep. Which in total, I think, is around 22122. Two, two, two. Mm-hmm. And then also have VDHG.
0: How much in VDHG?
1: Four and a half grand. No, five and a half grand. Yep. Cool. And I have Help Debt. Cool. Which is now after indexation, just over 20000 Yep. This year it'll probably be like half of that that gets paid off. So my plan is for next year right before indexation to pay it off in full before it gets indexed.
0: Do you get any uh, bonuses at work? I do. Yeah. And is that included in that one forty, or is that on top?
1: On top of because yeah, the bonus cool. year on year, don't know what will end up. So I actually, when I started this role, um, leaving my past employer, I was forfeiting a bonus. So, I had negotiated a sign-on bonus when I first came on and then yep. um, end of last year, I received a bonus.
0: Yeah, cool. Annual bonus, are we talking $3,000 or 10000 Like, do you have any idea of what this year might look like in six months or we're in uh, June now recording It varies
1: this? based on performance. I did last year get a 10% increase, so... My bonus will now be based on a higher figure. But last year um, with proration, I think it was between eight and nine thousand.
0: Cool. Well, we'll have a quick break and we'll be back right after this.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we're back with Sandra. Now, I've loosely worked out, including your employee shares, you've got about seventeen thousand dollars of shares in your own name. Sound about right. Yep. Now, question: The VDHG is that directly with Vanguard or on a uh, in a brokerage account as a ETF?
1: Brokerage CMC.
0: Yeah, and why did you do VDHG and Spaceship? Was it the fact that I did VDHG after I learned a bit about investing? And then thought, I'm not going to put any more in Spaceship other than the $20 a week and I'm going to build the VDHG.
1: Yeah. So, I started with Spaceship. So, it was probably around the time that I first started listening to the pod. Mm. And before that, it was, like I don't know, who invested shares? Like, I don't know anything about that. Like, wasn't really touching anything. My brother at the time had been using Spaceship. And that's what I started hearing a lot about. And I heard about spaceship raise and I thought, I'll go with spaceship. Like he got a little referral bonus. I got one too. Like I'll do that. Obviously it's not gone fantastically. So once it was, because I think initially I was putting, I think it was like 300 a week or something in it for a little period of time Mm -hmm. and then turned to, well, no point doing that now. Instead, I'm going to put it elsewhere but given there's, you know, some fees that come out of it, which I'll claim back on tax, but with that little bit, rather than having nothing going in there, 20 bucks mm. a week you don't feel, you don't think about, but then putting more money instead into VDHD. And why did I pick? It was just when I was looking at all people's posts, things they say about it, like, I've got no idea. That was the one that seemed to be pretty popular. I'm like, I'll go with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. The um, previous shares with your old employer of 2200 Mm -hmm. like is there a a period of time that you can't sell them?
1: No. I'd be fine to sell them now, but I feel like for the amount that I have, the dividends are pretty good. Mm. And even though I personally wouldn't, you know, go and pick single stocks or anything, I'd be happy to keep theirs because I think they'll continue to grow.
0: Um, Cool. And who's that with, like another Morgan Stanley type thing or? CMC. CMC. I've got that in my brokerage
1: account,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything else that you wanted to say or ask me that we haven't kind of discussed at the moment? Other than actually, do you have private health insurance? I do. Who's that with? Booper. Ah, we're Booper friends. Um, yeah. How much You've got I? all the
1: ankle problems. I've got all the knee problems. Oh,
0: seriously, my it's my extremities. I've had both ankles done and both wrists. <laughs> like,
1: I had a partial knee replacement at the ripe old age of 29. Wow. I was my surgeon's youngest ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Gosh.
1: So private health for me has always been like I'd never be without it for, you know, these things that come up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anything else that we haven't put out on the table that might be going on or future plans in your life?
1: No. I mean, I'd like to work towards, you know, once... I've had the holidays, start building up more of a cash pool. I'd love to get to a point that I'd purchase a second place. Yeah. What I'm in now, I love the location. It's a one-bedroom apartment. My ideal would be that I'd be able to keep this as an investment, rent it out, and be in something a little bit bigger. Yeah. But, you know, how far down the track, I don't know. And then once I've paid off my hex as well, I'd like to start putting some money into super, but I don't put anything extra into super. That's a call out. Um. Mm. I think once I've paid off my hex, I was figuring, you know, if I've continued to save while I've had that money coming out, why not then put it towards something else? Mm. I don't know what that'll look like.
0: So as a 32-year-old living in Melbourne, Vegas, you know, young professional, how comfortable do you feel with your financial position?
1: I feel like even though, you know, I'm comfortable with everything, you can't help but do the whole comparison and still feel like you're behind somehow.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, recently you may have seen it. I put up in the Facebook group a uh, a poll of how comfortable, you, like, or I, I don't know, it was like, do you feel behind at the moment or ahead or whatever it was. And I think twenty two hundred people answered it. I think just over sixty percent of people said they don't feel like they're ahead or they feel behind. And I was I mean, one of those. Really? <laughs> I yeah.
1: I remember seeing that poll.
0: <laughs> so a couple of things I probably just want to say, like, if the majority, 60% of people feel that they're behind. You're not, you're just normal. (laughs) And like me looking at your situation, early thirties, young professional, great income, no debt, hex help will be gone in 10 minutes anyway. You own your car, you own a place, there's equity in it. I reckon you're killing it and you're great. There's a few things that I would probably look at tweaking, uh, but yeah, I I reckon me looking in, you know, some buffoon with a microphone, I don't think there's any huge stresses that you need to be losing sleep about. So there's that. (laughs) Do you want me to kind of tell you my thoughts of what you should focus on over the next 12 months?
1: Yes, please.
0: Okay. So we need to, as we said at the start, get our foundations happening need to work out exactly how much we need in that emergency fund. We need to tidy up our cash flow system because it's a bit sloppy. Um, I need you to get to the point where you know every month you've got X amount of money left over. Now if you keep doing a sloppy system and you've done the spending plan and haven't adapted my plan, I don't care if people do or not. but at least if it says to you um, Sandra you've got $500 left over per month, you could theoretically then go as long as I just invest these five hundred dollars a month, and keep my sloppy system and not go into debt. I'm all Gucci, right? Because we know we're building wealth, and then you can get into the thing where, you know, we're optimizing, you know, day on day. So really work on, you know, that foundation and getting that sorted. Get your income insurance sorted. Get your wills and estate plans sorted. Um, then what I probably want you to do, you actually did mention it about the super. I'm probably in your situation doing this, foundation sorted, wills, insurance, save up for your holiday, get that cash ready to go. You said 10 grand, save 12. It will cost more than what you think always does, right? Because you be like, oh, let's go on a helicopter ride down the Italian coast or whatever.
1: We're going quad biking in Cyprus, yeah. I think, yeah.
0: Yeah. So all that stuff, like it happens. Then what I want you to do, once you get back from the holiday and get settled, I honestly think um, – Do some projections, clean up that hex and help debt, and just focus on saving cash and being cash heavy. I don't want you to pay down any extra on the mortgage that you're in, just keep money in the offset account. Because over the next year or so, I want you to start researching two bedroom properties in your area and just to really get a vibe on that. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, it's awesome that you own a house, but two bedrooms usually better anyway, because you get a bigger living room, you might get a second bathroom. So I'm probably, and this is the problem with these Focus Fridays, you're the last one that I'm doing in the the lot of 10. Half the problem is, a lot of you who listen to the My Millennial Money are kind of going on track anyway. So there's not that much that I can encourage you with. But if I can encourage you to say, don't stress, be cash heavy, start to really, because I think what I'm getting at is why I want you to start researching two betters is to just start to dream a bit and to see if that spurs in a bit of a, a focus point or a goal point. And then, you know, speak to John Pidgeon. I'm happy to introduce you anytime. Just flick me an email and maybe get a, a buyer's advocate or someone to go and grab a property for you. And you might find that that transition might not be as hard as what you think. Um, would you be open to getting a, a flatmate? to help or are you just happy with the cats?
1: Probably just the cats.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I think you're killing it. Now on the investment side, I think it is more that housekeeping thing. You're on the right track of, you know, either cleaning up spaceship or keeping it that $20 a week that you're putting in there. Do you just put it on the cash account in, did you say uh, IG markets, the current broker? CMC. CMC, yeah. So what you could do is, you know, that money that you're putting in spaceship, you know, the $20 a week, you could just divert that to the CMC cash account and then set an alarm or whatever and every month or however long go in and then make the trade manually. Uh, I'm not sure if they've got an auto function, but yeah, I think just it'd be that just consolidating those um, investments basically. Do you
1: think I should look at other ETFs, like starting up another
0: Oh, look, it, it really depends. Like, what do you want to do? Like, if you just want to build wealth and throw money in something, that's like the whole point of the Vanguard Diversified High Growth Fund because it has allocation to Australia, has allocation to international, to property, and you don't have to go and rebalance every month. So, if the US or international portion goes for a you know, a big run, you don't have to manually go in and sell down on that and put it in the other parts.
1: Yeah. I definitely Um, don't want to have to be getting actively involved and it's not something that I intend to touch anytime mm. soon. So I just want to keep pumping money into something.
0: Yeah. So, and that's, you know, that's all I would say, but it goes back to working out how much you've got left over per month. And then what i would be thinking is yeah, you're cash heavy, get the emergency fund built up, factor in the insurances, keep building cash until you kind of work out if you do want to upgrade the house or not. And then once you've done that, there's probably an argument to have some type of chat about salary sacrifice to super, even if it's a little bit, because you just you just won't miss it. Yeah. I don't think it's wise to be putting all your spare money into supervised salary sacrifice at the moment, given that you do want to potentially upgrade the house because uh, we want as much cash as possible to use as a deposit. Uh, and we've got the holiday to take care of and, you know, hex to clean up and also, um, yeah, building up that emergency fund. So, yeah, as Jeff on survival would say, i got nothing else for you. Get your stuff and go back to camp. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you're killing it. It's great. Do you have any other questions?
1: Not really. It was just mm. really getting someone else's point of view because I feel like mm. when you're doing a lot of things, it's where should you focus more on, like mm. setting it out, you know, going in order, things to start looking at. Because mm. yeah, I just feel like it's a little bit of everything, and there's no real focus in any area.
0: Yeah. So, and and that's like how I do my life, and would coach people is just to break it up. So buy like, boats. <laughs> you got to buy boats. Like you just got to. <laughs> um, but what what I do is like, we know that there's an event happening in September, which is the holiday. So can we break up our list of things and get the wills and the power of attorney sorted before then and the insurances? They're kind of once-off little setups. If that's your financial reason for living before the holiday, to save for the holiday, finish setting up your foundations, awesome. Then we go on the holiday. And the holiday will help you because it will unplug you. It will be a good time away with your friend, you know, now that you're just out there being a cat mom and all that stuff. It'll be good perspective and you might go, oh, I actually want to do a little bit more travel. So then we come home and then we just, again, we need to know how much money we've got left over each month. So we can go, I'm putting $300, $500 a month into a travel account because I want to go overseas once a year. So I think the holiday particularly given that all the changes that you've had in the relationship will be a good reset to unplug you from the day-to-day and give you some real perspective when you look back at your life in Melbourne and what you want to do going forward. So that's a lot. I, I just break things down. Yeah. So there you have it. That was The Murder She Wrote.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got to add those little Glenisms
0: in. I know. It's so bad. Um, but anyway, unless there's anything else, we can probably – press stop now and say that you've been focused
1: yay thank you
0: no worries well Sandra thanks for your time thanks for being open with everything that's happening and can you in a couple of months if we email you send us just a little voice recording one or two minutes of the progress that you've have made or you know if you have this and you're falling asleep tonight thinking oh yeah I might do that you know And you're like, I'm selling everything and moving to London with my cats. Like, just give us an update of what's been happening and we'll put it at the end of the episode.
1: Yeah, sounds good. That's actually what my friend did, the one I'm meeting up with.
0: Awesome. Interesting. So your friend, she, is she or he? She. She. She moved to London?
1: She did. Well, she sold her house. So Mm. she is 37, 38. She would bought a property, I think like the early 20s, out way in the suburbs, don't even think she had a train station at the time, um, had lived there at different points, had more recently like through COVID and everything been renting more inner city Melbourne, had tenants in the place. They ended up trashing it. Once they left, she didn't want to go through that again. She decided to fix it up and sell it and made quite a bit of money on it. And decided she was going to go and travel. So she went and did her best Euro life for six months last year. And I met up with her when she was over there. And then she thought, I'm going to go to London. If I find a job, I'll stay. If I don't, I'll come home. And she found a job.
0: (laughs) It's so funny. Like, I don't know, maybe it's my personality, but I often have these stages where I just imagine like, what if I sell everything and just buy a houseboat and live on that? And then I'm like, yeah, probably won't.
1: <laughs> no. I think I'd be more the dreamer than the doer of that, especially picking up as much as it'd be an adventure and you're so close to doing so many things. I'm too introverted to start a new life somewhere else by myself.
0: Yeah, I can't I can't travel alone. I really can't.
1: You do all your work trips. I feel like it seems every <laughs> few months you're in the US for something.
0: Yeah, I do a bit of travel for work. Like I'm going back um, in October. I'm emceeing FinCon, which is cool. Oh. Um, but the week before, uh, Sim and I from Girls That Invest, we're getting a little, like there's a hotel in um, New York and we're just going to spend a week there before FinCon and just kind of work and do a bit of travelling. So that would be cool to have a, a little travel friend. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would like to do, I said I was going to do it this year, but maybe next year, just go to London just for three months because I, I just want to check out. Europe and I think London would be a cool base. But the problem is working from London, the time zone with Australia is a beach.
1: Mm.
0: It is so bad. Where going up to the States, it's really doable. Yeah. Like 4 p.m., Australia's coming online, can do all my meetings. Like it's awesome. But anyway, you'll have a good time. And yeah, hopefully you can get the focus that you need going forward and we'll wait for an update from you in the coming months and we'll put it at the end before we put the episode up. Sandra from Melbourne, thanks for joining us on Focus Fridays.
1: <laughs> Yay. Hey guys, recording a little life update after my focus session with Glenn James a few months ago now. So life has been really busy in the lead up to my trip. The project that I'm on at work has been pretty full on and I leave the country tonight. So big money focus has been on getting myself ready for this trip. So everything's all paid up in front I've got my cash ready for the trip, card I'll be using overseas and my credit card. And I've started some of the life admin with my bank accounts, where I've moved all of my direct debits to come out of my offset account. And when I come back, I'll be doing a tidy up of my bank accounts. I also finally got on board with the Glen James Spending Plan, but haven't done it yet. So that'll be one of the first things on my list as I get myself sorted post trip. I've started some of the other life admin tasks that have always just been on the back burner. I'm doing all my estate planning. So I've actually got the docs to go and get signed and sent off today before I go. And I've started the process for my insurances. So it won't be done before I go, but I've at least submitted everything on my side. So when I come back from my trip, my money focus is gonna be to stop investing for the time being and focus more on building up my cash hub again, given I'll be depleting quite a bit of it on this trip, which I'm not mad about, it's gonna be a great trip. But my focus, I feel like, over the next sort of 18 months is going to be to build up that cash hub again and start working towards buying a bigger second place for myself and hopefully being able to keep the place that I've still got. Massive thanks to Glenn. I feel like this has been the kick up the butt that I needed to do the things that I know I needed to do, but I just needed someone else to tell me to do them because I don't listen to myself. Thanks, guys.